welcome to The Being Leader. I'm Annabelle Graham. Welcome to this episode of The Being Leader, the podcast that discusses how we need to show up and be as leaders, reflecting on what impacts our behaviours, our relationships and our outcomes, and allowing us to focus more on our approach to leading ourselves, our teams and our organisations. So today I'm going to be talking about a topic that flows from our last episode on coaching culture with Nick Howell, and that's empowerment. Coaching in itself is a mechanism that enables people to be more empowered. It does, however, rely on the person coaching to be able to stand back, remain in nod and judgment, release control, and trust the other person to choose to do the right thing. Easy, right? Because we're so good at relinquishing control. Not. So today I'm going to look at the following. What empowerment actually is, why it's useful for leaders, how we can go about empowering our people, what gets in the way, and what we need to do to really put it in place effectively. So first of all, let's be really clear on what empowerment actually is, as we so often talk about it at work, but we don't always get it right. So what we mean by true empowerment is this, giving autonomy, allowing freedoms, letting people decide how and what they want to do on any given task or project that they're working on. And to be able to do that, we need to be demonstrating some key behaviours as leaders. First of all, we need to trust the other person to get on with the job or the task at hand without our interference. You know, we might agree to check in and follow up, but it's not checking in and following up every day or or less than that. We need to give them space. We also need to be relinquishing control. And that could be control about the process, the timescales, the need to know exactly what is happening. Oh, and, and most importantly, we need to let go of having it done our way. You know, we're not some all-knowing, omnipotent being who is right about everything, even if we think we are. There will be another way of doing something. There may even, shock horror, be a better one. So so we need to get out of the way a little bit um, and, you know, park our ego and, and let them get on with it. The third thing we need to do is enable a person. You know, we need to not get in the way. We need to give them time and resources and support any capability gaps and allow them space to learn and fail. If this is the first time they've tackled this particular thing, then they might not get it right first time and that's okay. And finally, we need to remove judgment and our view on the outcome. Now, that's a hard one. And even professional judges can struggle with this because at the heart of it, It means trusting that the person has the answers and will make the right decision and choices. And those decisions and choices may not be the ones that we would make. You know, doing that means we need to let go of our ego. We need to recognise that it is not all about us. It's about them. And realise that, you know, the world can go on and exist quite happily without our input. If we make that step, then the rest is a lot easier. What empowerment isn't, however, is abandonment. And often I I see leaders thinking that's what it is. You know, they'll say to me, well, I'm empowering my people to work autonomously and make their own decisions. 
And then what happens? They issue the instruction, they don't discuss it with them, they don't support them, they just abandon them. And then they get really frustrated or annoyed or judgmental when something isn't done or it's not done the way they expected or something isn't updated. And then when they get judgmental about that, they then interfere and they never trust that person again. You know, that's not empowerment, that's bad management. So if you're going to empower someone, I'd invite you to see it as giving freedom within a framework. A framework that you agree together. And ideally that the other person comes up with and discusses with you. Because when that happens, you know, you both know the parameters. You know, it could be the time scale. It could be when people are going to be updated, what the outcome needs to be. And then in doing that, we end up with greater trust and also a greater degree of psychological safety in the other person. So why then is empowerment useful to leaders? Well, it develops people. It allows us as leaders to build capability in our teams by getting our team members to come up with the answers, make the plans and execute the activities. And the more they do this, the more proactive they'll become and they'll need much less involvement from us. They'll be happy making decisions and we'll be happy trusting them because we know they'll be doing those, making those decisions, you know, as if we were the person making them. They might not do exactly what we would choose to do, but they'll make it having gone through the same process and having asked themselves the same questions. And the natural follow on from developing people means it frees us up. It allows us so much more time to do our own jobs and concentrate on the things that we should be concentrating on. You know, that could be that we are able to work more strategically rather than tactically because we only need an overview of what our team members are up to because they can do it themselves. They can make their own decisions. You know, they can choose the best things to do. And the more that we build that trust in them, then the more we're going to empower them and delegate more of what we do. And they'll ultimately grow faster. But what it also gives us, as well as the benefit that we get as leaders, is that it enables creativity. If we allow other people to make the decisions, then that means they're going to come up with things from a very different frame of reference. And they can have different ideas, new ideas. And that means we'll get much more creativity because people are allowed to play and they don't have to work the way that we would under our instructions. And it's very, very freeing. And because we're giving people that freedom, that autonomy, it's more motivating. You know, if you haven't heard about the work by Dan Pink, um, he has a book called Drive then look it up and find the RSA Animate um, video or find the book. But in that, Pink highlights that there are three main commonalities that motivate people. That are those key motivators that most people have at least one of. First one's autonomy, that freedom to choose how we work and what we do. Mastery, our ability to get better at things. And purpose, the belief that we're making a contribution, you know, making a difference. And all th three of these things are wrapped up when we empower people. So not only do we allow people to grow, we also end up motivating the vast majority of people. So what's not to like? And if we think about developing people, freeing up ourselves, enabling creativity and giving people freedom and motivating them, then actually ultimately we build succession. You know, people become more capable. 
They can take on more responsibility. They can take on bigger roles. They can mentor and support other people, which then helps us and then ultimately move up in our in their own roles and we can move up in our own roles. You know, it proves to us that we aren't infallible, that others can do our own job. We can make mini me's. And isn't that ultimately our role as a leader? So let's look now at what gets in the way, because there's lots of things that get in the way. And not all leaders empower people in a good way. So the first thing that gets in the way is process. We like it way too much. In fact, we, we become obsessed about things being done a certain way, very often our way. And in doing that, you know, we stop people trying new things. We stop creativity. We stop people making the right decision by making them have to follow a process that may not be designed for the issue that we're dealing with. And in doing that, we constrain people. We take away the very autonomy that we're trying to give. So we're process lightly. You know, we don't have to tick every box all of the time. Yes, you know, process is really useful and it's often there for a reason. But nine times out of ten, we've over-engineered it. The next thing that gets in the way is lack of trust and blame culture. We delegate something to somebody, we allow them to get on with it, and what, ha what happens? They don't do it the way we want it. They don't do it the way that we think they should have done. So we tell them off like they're children and we blame them and we demonstrate to them that, you know, we never trusted them in the first place because actually we just want them to do it our way. And this means that the next time we give them something and attempt to empower them, we wonder why they're so reluctant to do so. Think about it. If you got told off every time you did something because you didn't do it the right way or you stepped outside of a box to make a decision, you wouldn't do it. You just, you just, it's too difficult. There's no psychological safety there. Therefore, people just retreat back. You know, they thought they were being given the keys to the sweet shop and then we slap their hands when they try to take a sweet out of the jar. So, I mean, why would they trust us? The next thing that gets in the way, and this happens so often, and it's two things that go hand in hand. Firstly, it's our need, and control, need to control. And that ends up playing out in micromanagement because too often we are so desperate for them to do it our way or to follow the process that we end up micromanaging people. We demonstrate that we don't trust them. So they aren't empowered at all. And in doing this, this has nothing to do with them. It's got nothing to do with their capability or their thought pattern or the choices that they make. It is absolutely all to do about us. It's our inability to either relinquish control or to be willing to relinquish control. Or it's our lack of trust in ourselves as well as our people. I see this so often. You know, I see micromanagers springing up either where they don't trust their people or they're obsessed by the detail or actually they're out of their depth and the person underneath them is far more capable than they are. And that's when it tends to kick in because it's all to do with the manager and their lack of confidence and their lack of capability. And to be fair, often they're eager. And that means they don't let the team get on with it because they feel threatened by doing that. 
And they think that managing is about me telling you what to do. Which is rubbish. The final thing that gets in the way actually is about the other person. And this can be lack of skill and capability. So this tends to happen when leaders confuse empowerment with abandonment. And they ask the individual to do something and then just let them get on with it without checking in that they have the skills, the tools, the resources or the capability to be able to do it. And this can become so dangerous because what ends up happening? That individual ends up feeling out of their depth. They feel unsupported. They get anxious. They get frustrated. They get demotivated and they ultimately get fearful. And they probably don't do a very good job. As leaders, we should be helping our people. We should be supporting our people and having that dialogue with them. You know, asking, what does support look like for you? Because in doing that, that enables our people to flourish, to enable them to feel that it's okay to get things wrong, that it's okay not to know something. If they don't have that, and they just end up worried. They don't want to ask the question because they're, they're worried they're going to seem daft. So how then can we go about empowering our people in a good way, in the right way, which grows their skill and capability and also at the same time allows us to step back and concentrate on other things? Well, the first thing we need to do is set expectations. We need to agree what needs to be done, by when, and probably also agree between us what those key parameters are or what the key stakeholders are and then agree when we're going to follow up and review and in doing that that should be the other person coming up with those things you know it shouldn't be about us we shouldn't have all of the answers we should be asking them questions to come up with those things because when we do that then what happens i know what the outcome is going to be i know what we've agreed I know the, step, the key components that we've agreed. I know when you're going to do it. And that means I now feel a lot more safe and secure about what's going to happen. If you're one of those control freak managers, though, who needs a little bit more certainty, this is where coaching could come in. You know, if you end up coaching the person to think about how they'll go about it, you might ask them what steps they're going to take, who they're going to include or work with. How are they going to measure success? And all the time that that's happening, they're coming up with the answers and they have the freedom to design how this task is going. So they get more confidence that they're going to be able to do it well. And as leaders, we now know what their plans are. So I, as a leader, if I've coached my person, then feel much more comfortable because I know what's going to happen. So leaders note. If you are a control freak who doesn't like giving control away, you need to learn to coach. Not only will this allow you to delegate much more effectively, you will feel much more in control because you know what the outcome's gonna be and the steps that person's gonna take. And ultimately, the more you practice those skills, the easier it's gonna be for you to let go. Third step to be able to empower effectively, don't interfere. Remember, this is about them, not about you. And while you think you always know best, you need to stay out of it. Catch up with them when you both agreed that would happen. Don't micromanage them. Don't watch over them and hover. 
you know, trust them to do the right thing. They're grown adults. They have brains. They're not daft. You employed them for a reason. Even if you've got to sit on your hands to stop yourself interfering, stop chasing them. Remember, it's about them. Therefore, you need to be able to step back. You need to let them get on with it. And when you let them get on with it, you need to also be okay that step four could happen. Do you know what? It might fail. You might get it wrong. You know, remember the first time you stepped out of your comfort zone and stretched yourself and tried something new. You didn't get it right first time. And that means they might not either. And when that does happen, again, coach them through it. Don't step in and take over because that's awful. I mean, that's just crushing their soul. Um, you know, sit down, talk them through, help them figure it out. Because in doing that, it'll allow them to recognize that it's okay to get stuff wrong. It's okay to mess up. But also in doing that, it means they will know that they're able to take more risks, that they're able to be more creative and that they're able to try something new, all in the safety that it's not going to come back to bite them. And finally, follow up and feedback. Remember, we're not abandoning them. We are sitting down and catching up with them at some point, the point you've both agreed to find out what's happened, to find out what's gone well, to get them to think about what their successes were, what they maybe could have done differently, and what they think went well and what they think could have been better. And in doing that, you know, we can give them feedback too. We can praise them. We can course correct them and nudge them in the right direction where things haven't gone, gone right. And we can coach them on lessons learned. So if you want to, about to empower your people a little bit more, then do those last five steps. Set expectations. Coach them to be able to understand what they're going to do. Sit in your hands and don't interfere. Let them get on with it. Let them make some mistakes. But make it okay for them to fail. Enable those conditions. Put that protective barrier around them. And finally sit down and follow up. Reassure them. Reaffirm where they've done well so that they can carry on and do that the next time. And above all, keep trying it. You know, you may not get that empowerment thing right the first time, but that doesn't mean you should give up. Give it a go. Keep trying and keep following those steps. And I guarantee it will make a difference to how you work with your people. So thank you for joining me today on this really short exploration around empowerment. My next episode is going to be the last of series one. Um, and we're going to take a few weeks off over the summer to create some new material and meet with some new guests. But we have a great ap episode to wrap up with. On it, I'm going to be joined by coach, consultant and author Joy Maitland, who will be joining me to discuss her new book, From Alpha to Zen, Leadership for a Brave New World. Look forward to seeing you all then. Thanks for listening to The Being Leader.